We are so thankful to be back. And today on Connecting Your Community, we are hosting the amazing CEO, Christine Cassie from Chinook Sexual Assault Center. Today, we're going to talk about Sexual Violence Prevention Month. We're going to talk about the programmings at the organization. We're going to talk about the initiative of what were you wearing? And we're going to talk about unhealed trauma. This is part one of many. Podcasting from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. This is connecting your community, building community through unity. Through unity. Getting things done takes activism, and Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen have come together to share firsthand community voices, bringing awareness to community issues, watching how other communities handle like problems, and sharing their successes. Connecting, connecting your community. Here are your hosts, Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen. What a beautiful day. We are so excited to have Christine Cassie, uh, CEO from Chinook Sexual Assault Center here with us today. And you're our first guest back after COVID. So thank you for COVID. coming. Wasn't that quite the break, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it it's crazy how much time you take. And, and I mean, it's it's important, obviously, that, yes. that we're that we're, we're safe and as you can tell, we're trying to social distance as much as, much as we can, but we've just really missed this yes. and, and there's been so many that have reached out to us to be on a podcast and so it's really exciting, especially to, to have the first one <laughs> yes. back there, Christine, we sure appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's yes. exciting to be and here. It's yeah. always an honor connecting with you and like we'll start it off by this is part one of many because mm -hmm. the work that you do in the community is amazing but it's also good awareness to raise, right? Mm -hmm. So Christine, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? some of the achievements, uh, past and current positions as well, because you've done such amazing work in the community of Lethbridge. So please let everybody know who you are. Uh, which is probably the most difficult question, because I don't know many people that like to really talk about themselves. Um, I started out in the field, uh, like it's like 36 years ago now, which is, I'm officially feeling older now. So you started when you are four. I, yeah, right? yeah, I'm sure yeah, you can tell. Right. With COVID, the hair has not been done, folks. As you can see, it's not. Yeah. Uh, and I started working with Youth in Care, uh, which I absolutely loved working with youth. It was oh. like a, a dream job. And uh, then when I landed a, a role at, the, I worked in Calgary for several years, and then uh, got a position at the YWCA. Uh, Rob Miyashiro actually hired me. Mm. Uh, just so you know, that's the history. And uh, he'll tell a story about me throwing a pencil at him. It is true. Uh, I've adopted a stance of nonviolence since that time. I don't know what he did. We worked together quite a, quite a while. Did he listen at least after? Uh, yeah, he paid more attention. He did? Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, he did. Good, <laughs> he good. did. Uh, but uh, it was it was a great place to work, right? So I uh, worked in the Wise Choice Support and Pet Living Program, which if I was to ever design a program to work with youth, that was the one. Uh, it, it was fantastic. Working with kids that had been in care or were new to the care system that were exiting the care system. Yes. So they were older uh, kids that were adults already or becoming adults and how we helped them set up their community on mm -hmm. how it was going to look for them. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. And I'm still in contact some 25, almost 30 years later with uh, with some of these kids, That's which amazing. is great. That's incredible. Great to see. And they yeah. have kids. And, you know, it's just amazing. Just it's, building those relationships yeah. of trust. And again, right? and, and we're all one community, right? Absolutely. So no matter where we've yep. come from, it's important that, that we keep those connections. Uh, from there, you know, the YWCA was really a gift to me when it came to my career on so many things. So from, uh, you know, after Rob left, I became the manager for the Wise Choice program. Then we expanded some youth programs, did a whole bunch of events. Uh, the advent of Michelle Dyke coming in as yes. the CEO really invested in a lot of us to really look at what our leadership potential was and then took on both the youth programs and the domestic violence programs, uh, which had some pretty big expansion during yes. those years. And then 
became the CEO uh, sometime after that. And the last 11 years was as CEO there. Went over to uh, Southern Alberta Community Living Association for just three years as the director of operations, which was great because I'd never worked in anything else but really, yes, you know, the domestic violence and, yep. and the youth uh, programming. So it was really uh, cool to see how community living actually operates uh, and met some incredible uh, people there, both people that they were supporting in the community, but uh, also staff that were just, you know, icons in the field, yes. really. Um, and then this opportunity came up. Of course, I've kept uh, contact with uh, Bill Kay yeah. over the years through our work with domestic violence. And so when this opportunity came up, it was just a real fit. And I really long to be back working yes. in the area of violence uh, really, which sounds it may sound sick to people but there's so much work that needs to be done absolutely there is um uh, again it's, it's great that all that works to yeah. be done it's terrible that it has to be yeah but yeah. it's important that it gets yeah. done right yeah. Couldn't and, agree more. and exciting that lethbridge finally came to the the point where they were going to have a standalone sexual assault center that we we're going to invest more we had started the sexual violence action committee i i want to say it's probably even close to 20 years ago yeah. uh which was off the corner of our desk we were tired of doing poster campaigns mm -hmm. sometime in the year we didn't have a dedicated month what poster campaign so that everybody oh. knows what poster campaign was the one that really took off i have no idea actually i cannot answer that do you have an answer <laughs> yeah. for it i believe you the Me Too posters oh, were that everywhere, that right? That was uh, the, the Me Too and I Believe You. Sure. That was just in the last three years. Okay. So 20 years ago, we used to go to high schools and junior high schools and say, like, draw some posters and whatever else uh, to try and raise awareness about sexual assault and really get some things back, get maybe five minutes of a media bite, and that was it. Yeah. And so it was actually City of Lethbridge through FCSS, and it was Elaine Stanky was the manager at that time for FCSS. Oh, gosh. Um, we're yeah, yeah, Lucy Paquin was at... Uh, uh, she, she was with Children's Services before, but she was at Lethbridge Family Services, yep. and then myself, and I was the Human Services Manager. Shut the corner of the, the desk, then, more or less. It for was that, that and we said we need to do more, and That's so amazing. I think Diane Randall led us through an exercise, and we came up with the Sexual Violence Action Committee to mirror the Domestic Violence Action Team, got the Crown Prosecutor on it, and uh, the police and things like this, and started bringing community together so we wow. could actually work on protocols around how we're addressing sexual assault in our community when we don't have dedicated services towards that. Yes. And so that's really how it started and it, it still runs today the sexual violence action committee which is great so which has led to other some other projects but uh, this was really exciting to see the evolution and to be part of a program that's really from I mean I walked into the uh, center Bill had already rented the space and was putting desks together and that's when I started so it's wow. everything from every policy to uh, to the hiring of staff and developing the programming and things so it's it's been a it's really a beautiful cool. building down there too it it's really a great nice. location it's yeah. it's fantastic yeah it really looks nice. And that place uh, we were just, just talking a little bit before we we started on how mm -hmm. packed that that uh, yeah. your grand opening was yeah. it was incredible it was it was you couldn't get any more people in there, honestly. Uh, no, I was in the hallway. And, and I, one I, person would leave. People. One person would leave. One person would come in, but it was still shoveling, shuffling. That's that's amazing. It and all wow. age, the age ranges were there, and yep. from all sorts of sectors were there, which Absolutely. was really amazing to see. And so we've had some great support just with people wanting to talk about us, wanting to make those referrals right away, yes. dragging people in to see us and things. So yes. it's been. Uh, not that I want people dragged in to see us, but uh, <laughs> th it's been really uh, heartwarming, really, to have been received so absolutely. well by the community as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And a much needed service yeah, in the absolutely. city of Lethbridge. So thank you for everything that you've done for our community, yeah. for women, men, children, mm -hmm. transgendered individuals. Like, you've done so much. So it's an honor to have you yeah. today. Thank yeah, you. I, know. I can't take all that credit. <laughs> that you've done well, a lot of work, A girl. large part of it, so thank you very much. Well, you know what? This month is obviously a Sexual Violence Prevention Month. Mm -hmm. 
Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, so a few years ago, uh, the government actually declared May as Sexual Violence Awareness Month because uh, we did need something more dedicated so that we can... I guess, do a broader range of awareness uh, services and targeted awareness services. Uh, so what it does is, it, first, it acknowledges that sexual violence is part of, unfortunately, life that we yes. experience as Albertans. Uh, it is uh, something that's, uh, you know, across the lifespan, so we see it with very young children and seniors as well. Yes. Uh, so it does touch everybody's lives, and we do believe that everyone has the power to actually end sexual violence in our community. Uh, with that, of course, uh, our provincial um, a body, which is the Association of Alberta Sexual Assault Services, helps to drive some of those initiatives, but locally we create our own on what's going to hopefully speak to our community. Uh, typically, uh, in years, uh, last year we were able to go out to schools, we met with, uh, I think I met with every Rotary Club, oh. uh, we did a presentation at SACPA, we did all sorts of things, uh, and you're far more visible. Uh, this year, uh, thankfully, I have uh, as someone who's very good at all the I would say the social media stuff, but designing all the yes. social media stuff. Because it looks uh, look fantastic, very professional. Yes, and yeah. I, I will. Yeah, cool. I have to give absolute uh, kudos there to uh, Cheryl Patterson, who you may know. Beautiful. Uh, who actually comes from a youth background as well, has about 15, 20 years in the field. Uh, but mm -hmm. she, she is very creative. Also makes cakes, just you know. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Uh, very, very creative. And the number <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> give it to you. Uh, uh, but so the staff got the information together. She helped to design it, and we just did everything. Oh online did our first instagram live post which is sort of funny because the first time i sounded like a lecture apparently i finally got in the groove i didn't even know what instagram live was before that so i said i probably should have watched something before but you know this it's is amazing what that, what that social media does though right it really it's does extremely important it, it reaches out to mm -hmm. such a, a great population yep. especially with those uh, uh more youth yeah. Are, are watching and, and seeing that on a more regular basis. And yeah. so it's important to kind of cover all of all of those bases. Well, and sure. you think about, you know, the crime of sexual violence uh, has been, it, it's so personalized yes. and shrouded in such shame uh, and such silence over the years that for some people, when you do get to use social media to actually express yourself or to talk about it, it can be a bit of a release uh, for people so that they yep. can make those connections and sometimes quite safely through messaging us. So even our, you know, we get crime crisis calls in a standard way over the phone, uh, you know, we get walk-ins at the center, uh, but social media has also been the other way that people have, have con connected with us. So when those calls come in, do they come directly to the center or or is it the same as if, if someone's called the police, the police service would, would pass them on to you? How exactly is that first interaction? I guess it comes from various different mediums, obviously, uh, right? It comes from various different mediums. So we've even had uh, physicians call us to say, I okay. have someone that wow. I really want you to meet with. Yes. Uh, okay. We've had schools call, can you come down now or can we bring someone there or can we refer? Absolutely. Yeah. And so we've had, you know, from uh, down south, from Milk River, the yeah. Tabor area, out to the Crow's Nest Pass, um, up towards Claire's home as well, uh, where people have connected, and of course, a great body from the city of Lethbridge. Oh. Uh, so it's really a variety, but typically people phone the center. Yeah. I'm phoning because right. um, this happened to me. I don't know if you can help me. It was a long time ago, or this just happened. You know, it and happened last night. You know, that's an yeah. interesting point, Christine, because that's that happens so often. You're you're hearing about this, especially when the Me Too movement mm -hmm. started. That yeah. that. It's years and years, and we're talking sometimes decades Absolutely. ago Absolutely. that someone has been dealing with for that much time that are, are coming out and now expressing, you know, what what had, what had happened because yeah. they have that base mm -hmm. now with the availability to come and see centers as this, to be able to, to go in and actually 
share their concerns, and it starts a new life for them, whether it be a decade, two decades later. Yes. Absolutely. We've had uh, some come in that it was a show on TV that prompt, they thought Absolutely. they had dealt with it, and a show on TV prompted the triggers yes. and all of a sudden couldn't sleep for a week. Because uh, it was just like it had just happened. And so uh, it's never a wrong time to come forward. Uh, for some people, they may have a good social support network there that they've been very open with where they get that uh, richness of support. Yes. So it's not that you have to, everybody's healing journey is different. Right. And so we have to be able to be um, uh, flexible and understanding of what that healing journey is going to yes. look like. And so when people are ready, they come forward. And so for some, it's going to be right away. Uh, typically, you might see right away when it's a stranger assault because yeah. that it doesn't have as much shame attached to it uh, by society. Whereas if it's someone in your family, you might actually be, um, there's a lot of decisions that, that are being made by that person. So they may be thinking about how this is going to fracture the family. Right. Uh, if I come forward that Uncle John has been doing yep. this, um, you know, this is my mother's favorite brother. Yep. Uh, this, they're not going to believe me. Uh, they're going to the turmoil that they're the dealing turmoil. with. That's, and yeah. how do we deal with Christmas? How do we deal with all these types yes. of things that now that were very important to us as a family that now may never happen again? Uh, which doesn't necessarily mean that that's how it's going to fall out. Uh, but certainly there's a lot more that goes into it when people come to disclose uh, right. than just, you know, people say, well, why didn't they tell us? It wasn't that they didn't necessarily trust you. They didn't trust what the process was going to be. They didn't know what the yes. outcome was. Right. And for we've spent a lot of time in our society um, really buying into rape myths, uh, buying into victim blaming and allowing that to go on, uh, that we've done such a good job that we allow perpetrators to rationalize their behaviors on she wanted it or he wanted it, whatever it was. Or it's it was. four or five years ago, it's now it's should be no done. It's no big deal. I mean, yeah. so what? Right. You know, uh, you know, we saw all the stuff that was said down south. Yep. Uh, and for victims, uh, we're automatically the go-to self-blame. Uh, that this has to be my fault. It must have been what I was wearing. It must yep. have been uh, because I had too Absolutely. much to drink. Yep. Um, you know, uh, some of us, I don't know if you watched any of the interviews by Chanel Miller mm. that went on this last year, and she was um, the victim of uh, Brock Turner. And, of course, all the newspaper articles leading to the trial were about the drunk girl behind the dumpster. So she was known as the dumpster girl, all these yep. types of things, because uh, she was she had been drinking excessively at a party, and he took complete advantage of that. He was represented as the Olympic hopeful, you know, and Gosh. he had such a career in front of him. Yep. And it was her victim impact statement that really changed some things. Yep. Um, and where she went from being uh, the girl without a name to being Chanel Absolutely. Miller. Absolutely. And reclaiming herself yep. and really helping hundreds of thousands of victims. Yep. So uh, many came world. forward after yep. that. Yep. Isn't that amazing? Cause it really was. They, it, it, it sparked that movement, yep. right? And it, it takes courage and bravery, right? So mm -hmm. we're going to be taking a break here soon. With the Sexual Violence Prevention Month, what was your hope overall? Our hope was really just to uh, connect and to let people know the services are still there. Uh, so you can still call. You can. We are still meeting with people over the phone. Uh, we're doing everything we can to be supportive. So we have been seeing the crisis calls coming in, which which is which is which is great to see that people know where the service is. Okay. So right for the break, let's have the number because just for someone out there that could be watching this podcast, the number that they would call if they have any questions or concerns or wanted to get in mm -hmm. touch with Schnick Sexual so, Assault Center. So locally, our number is 403-694-1094, and we're available Monday to Friday, 8 to 5, bankers hours, but there's a provincial number called Alberta One yes. Line for Sexual Assault. That is 9 to 9, 365 days a year, one 
866-403-8000. Beautiful. So what we'll do too is we'll post those numbers and make mm-hmm. sure that if there is anyone, family, friends, whomever, someone who wants to come forward, that they have that contact information so they can connect. So let's take a break. Great. Absolutely. This is Connecting Your Community with Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen. We'll be right back after these messages. At Smith's Audio on 13th Street North, we promise to only sell high-performance electronics. We promise to support mostly Canadian companies like Paradigm, Anthem, NAD, Bryston, and PSB. We keep promises. Smith's Audio, 13th Street North. Electronics simplified. Freddy's Paint is all about saving you time and money. With quality Benjamin Paint and our helpful design and paint professionals, Freddy's Paint voted best of the best 20 years running. Freddy's Paint in details, 210 17th Street South. There's a new art shop in town. What? Watercolors, acrylics, pastels, brushes, oils, canvas, and paper. Oh! Where? It's new. The Art Room at Smith's Audio on 13th Street North. For high performance sound. And super art supplies. And we're back. And we're so thankful for all the sponsors that we have that come forward and, you know, want to collaborate with us and share their local businesses and all of the beautiful things going on. So before we took the break, you did mention the What Were You Wearing initiative very Mm -hmm. briefly. Yes. But let's touch on that because this is a this is a new initiative and I believe in it and I want to raise as much awareness as we can about it. So Christine, can you just briefly tell us what is this initiative all about? Well, I actually seen an article out of uh, it was actually in India because of course they have some yes. widespread issues around sexual sexual assaults that they had done a what were you wearing event which was basically putting up the clothes of uh, as described by the victims of what they were wearing at the time just to show that it's not always a, it's it's never a about what people are wearing that creates sexual assault. So it's a way for us to talk about rape myths. So I took this to the Sexual Violence Awareness Committee, uh, uh, Action Committee, and so we're actually doing it as an event. It was supposed to happen in May, uh, but mm-hmm. as we saw things progress, we said, well, it's not gonna happen yes. in May. So we're hoping it'll happen in the fall. However, if social distancing is still the thing that we have to be uh, compliant with, then it'll happen sometime in the spring. Uh, so we're hoping we can do it where we can actually take it as a uh, static uh, display as well to oh, college, good, university, yeah. you know, uh, other venues that people want. Uh, but we do have, um, we are right now looking for stories. It's what you're wearing. You don't have to give your name. Uh, what you're wearing at the time of the assault, um, you can give, you know, that you were age six. Yes. It was a sundress. Uh, never wore sundresses again, Absolutely. whatever that, that may be something very short. You don't have to give the details of the assault. Um, and then who you are now, not identifiable for the community, but to say designed by, mm. you know, maybe a 56 year old social worker. That's beautiful. Right? Things like this. Yes. So that then we can actually design a display and uh, other things around rape myths, bring people through that, maybe do some pre and post sort of things to see if there's any attitude changes that come with that and uh, introduce them to the services that are available in Lethbridge and area uh, and to really work on that uh, resilience CP and, and with the richness of what we do have here. Yep, that's yeah. beautiful. And so if someone wants to partake in that, which I, I hope people feel that they're supported by your organization mm-hmm. is, can they just contact you guys directly? Can they yes. send you an email and everything is obviously 100% confidential yep. and that's respecting anyone who's coming forward to be part of that initiative. Um, so my question too, that I was thinking as soon as we were bringing you on was I really want to focus on 
men and women, transgendered individuals who may have gone through historical or even current sexual trauma, do we have a correlation of individuals who may find themselves in sex work, street work, even finding themselves within the criminal justice system as a result of sexual violence that has happened in their life? Like, can we touch and maybe explore a little bit about that? Uh, sure we can. I'm first going to give a disclaimer that I'm no expert on anything. Um, I always say, whenever people say, what do you think we should do with this? I don't know. I don't know anything, yeah. but let's, let's, let's dive in. Uh, I think the first thing we need to look at is uh, recently in January of 2020, the uh, Association of Alberta Sexual Assault Services had released the findings from a prevalent study on uh, child sexual abuse in the province of Alberta. So it was, yes. Um, and what they found as a result of the study, and it's the first time a study of this type has happened in the province in 36 years. The results were typically the same, uh, which is unfortunate as well. Yes, uh, but what they found is that 45% of adult Albertans have experienced some type of sexual abuse in their lifetime. Uh, so that what I mean, you think that's almost one in every two Albertans. Can we say that again? How many? So it's uh, 45% of adult 45%. Albertans have experienced some type of sexual abuse in their lifetime. So almost one in two Albertans. Yeah. Of course, the rates are higher for females than what they are for males. And we tend to see that female sexual assaults um, happen both in childhood and in Absolutely. adult life. Whereas we see for males, the majority happen within uh, you know, the under 18 uh, range with some yeah. in that. Uh, the sample size wasn't big enough to actually speak to what happens in the LGBTQ2 yes. uh, plus community or in the indigenous community, but uh, even with the sample size that they had, it mirrored what we see in research where we see Absolutely. it higher in populations where people are are even more marginalized mm -hmm. right. in, in, our, in our society. Uh, so if we take those and we look at trauma not being addressed early on, so if we don't have um, the services available, if, if they don't have have the good social supports around them to help them uh, get through this type of trauma. And for many, they don't disclose the trauma Absolutely. for years for many, yep. many reasons like fear, threats, coercion. Uh, yep. They may be in the throes of domestic violence uh, within their relationships. So life and death uh, takes precedence over sexual yep. assaults. And so even when we deal with domestic violence, we know it's usually a couple of years after you've dealt with the domestic violence that we start to deal with the sexual assaults. Uh, we know for a multitude of reasons that this doesn't get dealt with. So when trauma isn't addressed and, you know, being in the field for this long, I can tell you, I wish I had a do-over because we didn't talk about trauma. 36 Absolutely. years ago. Absolutely. We've only started talking about that really the last yep. five to seven, eight years. Yep. I wish, you know, you have those moments where you say you'd like to have a, a do-over or something. Yep. This would be my do-over. And uh, I know working with um, some younger staff, I've, I've said before, I, you know, when I say my prayers at night, I pray for forgiveness for how we dealt with people 35, mm. 36 years ago. Because uh, if we would That's know. powerful. Know now, if we knew then what we know now, yeah. we would do things a lot differently. Yeah. And so I think even when we're looking at people who may end up in uh, sex work, in um, even incarcerated and things, uh, there's an important uh, or homeless. Uh, you look at Absolutely. you know what's happening Absolutely. in our in our downtown core and the rest of yep. it. We know if you go back that you're going to find some trauma, yep. and especially when you look at the stats that are saying nearly 45% of Albertans. That's just um, an just yep. an alarming yep. number. I never yep. would yep. have guessed that. Now, it doesn't excuse criminality and behavior. Yep. You know, we, we can't do that. And, you know, having worked both in domestic violence and sexual violence, we can never excuse criminality yep. and behavior. This is an excuse to go out and, and abuse somebody else. But we know that sometimes that people just, they are not dealt the good cards in life. Mm -hmm. um, and that we need to be able to uh, go back and help them explore what it is that they've been going through and how else they can cope with things. Yep. People are doing the best they can with the tools that they have. Um, 
you know, we know when we look at people with severe addictions uh, that if we go back, you're probably going to find some pretty Absolutely. significant trauma. Yep. Uh, there was a body work that was done by uh, Yale Belanger from the university a number of years ago regarding the homeless population and the amount of trauma, early trauma in their lives uh, was outstanding mm -hmm. when you start to look at that on why we were seeing such, you know, high scores for the spadat here yes. and, and all the rest of it. So I think all those things are intertwined. And so it's on us to really make ourselves available. There's lots that we can do as a community. So you don't have to be a trained social worker yep. to receive a disclosure properly. Um, I've worked, uh, there was a church group that asked me to come in, the leaders in the, in the church asked me to come in uh, just to explore what else they can do because they were having, you know, some some issues in the church dealing with both a victim and a potential perpetrator and things like this. And what do we do? Are we doing things well enough? And it was really interesting. We started to explore some things around policy that they have. Yes. And do people know what the policy is? Do you know how to enact your policy if you have a policy? Um, how do you how do you screen your volunteers? How do you uh, provide a safety within within your church? So yeah. when you have all these youth volunteers doing things, they're behind closed doors. So they've put windows in all the doors so that they can actually have a visual sight yeah. in because, mm -hmm. you know, we don't want, uh, we know that perpetrators will actually choose places yep. where they have access Absolutely. and mm -hmm. they will be the best community person out there. And uh, you're all looking at us weirdly now thinking we're all bad people. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of, a lot more good people out there than, than perpetrators. Yes. And we have to always remind ourselves of that. Because it's about, you know, it's a very small percentage of people who go out to perpetrate against others. Uh, so there's lots of things that we can do as a community to become more aware of how we're going to receive a disclosure, uh, to look at behaviors a little differently and to ask some different questions, to um, show a little bit more kindness when we're dealing with people because yes. we don't know what path they've had to walk to get to where they are right now. Uh, we know that a number of people will choose or will go into some coping mechanisms because it's dulling the pain exactly. for them, right? So the using of alcohol or drugs or other uh, things like gambling even to numb mm -hmm. some pain. And when that isn't numbing it enough, then it gets heightened and really becomes problematic. Uh, so those are things that we have to really look at. Um, but through through the work that you do is really important that we connect and yes yeah you and never share know those resources and mm -hmm. be part of the community and allow yeah. others to know that you know sexual assault center is here to yeah. provide education information etc so yeah so yeah. In, in closing yeah. i just want to take about 30 seconds here mm -hmm. to to i know we talked quite a bit about what uh, the services of the, uh, the chinook sexual assault center is there anything that you'd like to add I think there's a few things. Uh, one is that it's not <laughs> just a lot going it's, on it's not just the victims who contact the Chinook Sexual yes. Assault Center. We've had a lot of uh, supporters contact us. Uh, a shout out to grandparents. I mm. could not believe how many grandparents have phoned about a grandchild to say, my granddaughter needs help. My grandson needs help. And I know this happened. And can you help? Wow. Uh, schools that have called out. Uh, parents that have called out for their adult children. Uh, and you're remarkable. Being able to do that reach and to help yes. connect is really critical. Uh, so any walk of life could, could be taking this on. Uh, we have some wonderful, uh, we subcontract our counseling uh, with Lethbridge Family Services and we thank them uh, for uh, believing in the service to be part yes. of it. So they provide a counselor on site four days a week. Right now it's all social distance, so they're doing mm -hmm. it from, from the center, but it provides up to 12 free sessions basically yeah. for people who are referred to the counseling. Uh, we do a lot of system navigation, that's what they're called. And so that's everything we know you have to be, if counseling's uh, where you're gonna go, um, if that's, 
the right path for you on your healing journey, uh, then it's important for you to be stabilized. Yes. And so if there is an active addiction, then we help them hook up with addiction services uh, if they're prepared to deal with that. If they're couch surfing, you can, if you don't know where you're going to live, it's really hard to focus on your, what your needs are. Yes. So we help them connect with the housing services so they can get permanent housing or at least uh, transitional housing that's going to be longer term so that they can, can move on that way. We will deal with Asian in some income security. So the whole range of things that might be there, right. uh, help them navigate the school system. So that's if the perpetrator is also going to school with them, how can we help you yep. talk with the school about what your needs are right. so that safety can be put in place? And so there's a range of things that we can do. We've also started peer support groups. So we're very wow. excited about that. So <laughs> that's going, and I have to do a plug that just we're an evolving child advocacy center as well. That's amazing. And so that's so going to be a just huge addition. piece. There's always adding to this. Absolutely. Now, I guess, obviously, we won't have the time to go through all this because yeah. there's so many things that yeah. uh, obviously are, are being provided at the center. Could you just give us a, a website address of, of mm -hmm. where it could talk a little bit more about the different services that are provided? Sure. www.csacleth.ca. Okay. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Yep, that's it. Yes. All right. <laughs> With that, Christine, I want to thank you so much for coming on behalf of Connecting Your Community, yep. Mallory and myself. Thank you very much for thank coming you. in. And like I say, I think this is probably going to be a part one of many more to come. I think the oh, next good. one is we need to sit down and what would we say to someone who came forward? Absolutely. Right? So Excellent. thank you for your time. Thank you. You've been listening to Connecting Your Community with Blaine Higgin and Mallory Christiansen. Join us next time as we continue to discuss community topics and how all of us together can make a difference. Remember, there is no community without unity.